I told them that I would be in that video. I said, hey, I took dance. They said, no. Welcome, we're so glad that you're here today, especially if you're a first-timer. Welcome to the Porch Community Church. My name is Shannon. I'm the lead pastor here, and it's just a great privilege to, to be in ministry. And we have one reason we exist, one reason, one reason we're here, and that is for us to, to let you know, to let our community know that there is a God who loves you, and he wants to be in relationship with you through Jesus Christ. So um, that, that's why we're here, and we hope that you will sense that, that you will um, embrace that and, and lean into that, because what I know to be true in my life is that I need God. Um, and in my understanding of needing God, I'm also, I also come to terms with the fact that how very much um, on my own, I'm, I'm not enough and I need Jesus. And so that's really what this whole journey is about. And I hope you hear that and sense that today. A special hello to those who've, uh, who are joining us online. We're glad that you're watching and, and a part of, of today. Um, we're starting a new series today called Playlist, and we're going to be looking at some songs over the next uh, several weeks, and some songs that are really well known um, to most of you. They've, some have been around for a while, they're big hits, and what we're going to do is we're going to take these songs, and we are going to examine them through the, through the filter of Scripture and see how uh, God speaks to us in, in music. Um, there's something about music. There's something powerful about about music. I think most of us that like coming to the porch, that's one of the reasons we love this ministry is because music is so powerful. There's something about lyrics and melody and, and things that just, they connect, you know? And I believe that God has put that within us. I, I believe God gave us the, 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 a great talent that so many people have to make music, right? To, to write these beautiful lyrics to songs, to, to put the instrumentation together and the, and the vocal ability, and it's just beautiful. And then there's something about on, for us to receive it, like it connects with us, you know? And, and so that's why we love doing uh, this kind of a series, because we feel like it, it speaks to so many people. And, and I know that um, this room's kind of full today. Um, you might think, well, what I'm about to say might not make sense, but what, one of the reasons we're doing this series is we really want you to be thinking about, praying about people that you can invite who are wondering, like they're, they're, they're in a place where they need encouragement, they're, they need some light in the darkness of their life, and, and maybe for whatever reason, the church is not the place they want to go. Maybe they had a bad experience or something happened and like they need hope, they need light, but the church isn't the first place they think of. Well, what we would love to see with this kind of a series is for you to, and the people you know and the conversations you have is to be like, hey, listen, I know the, I know the church and all that, and, but uh, whatever, but listen, we've got a really good band and they're gonna cover some songs and we'd love, just would you come with me and come and hear the song that the band's gonna cover this week and, and, and just come and you know, let's go eat lunch or something afterwards, but this is the whole reason we're doing this. And so, like I said, it's kind of crowded, so we've got a 9.30 service. Uh, if you're going to invite someone, say, hey, let's, let's go early and then have brunch or something. I don't know how you do that, but um, this, this is why we're here. There's two places we're going to look together today in, uh, in Scripture, so you can go ahead and turn there if you have your Bibles. First, we're going to be in Jeremiah chapter 31, 
Jeremiah 31. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. We'll, we'll have it up on the screen as well. And then we're going to be in 1 John chapter 4. So Jeremiah 31 and 1 John 4 is where we are going to be together today. Um, you may have noticed up here at the front, it is the first Sunday of the month, and we celebrate the sacrament of communion together uh, once a month. If you have not been here before when we've done communion, it is um, a really special time. It's also a time that's open for everybody. This isn't like a you've got to be a member or, or anything like that. We, we say that all who you know, want to be in relationship with God and who repent of their sin and, and want that connection are welcome at this table. So all are welcome um, as we come to this table a little bit later in the service. Now before we get there, um, I want to talk this morning about the, um, the immense love of God that we see when we have communion. The, the, the extraordinary love of God that is for you. Um, and I was trying to think about how to, my words fall short, that's why we have scripture, thank goodness, but it's the kind of love, it's this kind of, of immense love that's it's really, it's difficult to, to put into words. But, but it's the kind of thing that I think we all need. Have you ever, have you ever woken up on a morning and, and then you start your day and nothing's going right and it's almost as if I think I've asked this question of you before have you ever felt like while you were sleeping that the world got together and had a meeting and decided that they were going to make you have the worst day ever has anyone ever felt that? Like you just felt like the world was like, what is going on? Like, like even inanimate objects were at the meeting you know, like like the drawer handle is like, hey, I know what I'll do. I'll grab a hold of Shannon's pocket and try and rip her pants while she's walking with a hot cup of tea away from the, co the coffee maker. Anyone? Does that happen? It's, it's, got a, it's a thing, you know? Or like the dog. <laughs> I know what I'll do, Poppy says. You know, I'll walk right in front of her and then I'll stop dead in my tracks while her hands are full and she's trying to walk out of the house. That'll help. This will give her the worst day ever. You know, does anyone ever feel like this? Like the world is against you. Well, when you think about the love of God, and, and this is, a, I know I'm kind of limited in my ability to express it, but for me, it's when I think about God saying, the world may be against you, or it may feel as if the world is against you, but I want you to know I want you to experience, I want you to feel my love. I want you to, to understand this. I want it to, to overwhelm you. And no matter what's happening around you right now, I want you to know this love. That's, that's what we find. And, and in Jeremiah chapter 31, we read these words. And, and it, to me, it's like God saying, things might be rough right now. And we can all relate to that, right? Things might be difficult. Things might be rough. But I am not against you. And this is what we read in verse 3 of Jeremiah 31. I love how God chooses to love us, to embrace us. He says this. Hear these words. Hear them as if God is speaking to you. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. 
an everlasting love, right? A never-ending love. It's not going anywhere. And then he says this, with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. See, when I read this out of Jeremiah, what I hear is God is saying what I yearn for deep inside. Like, I yearn for that everlasting love. I yearn for an unfailing love. The reality is, folks, is that I, I have loved and I have failed in that love. I have, I, have, um, I have declared an everlasting love and I have fallen short on that. And I love how God says, no, I have loved you. And, and what many of us, we only experience, it's not everlasting, it's not unfailing, and yet there it is. And God's love for us is everlasting and never ending. It's not temporary, okay? God's love for us is not temporary. It never, ever fails us. And what we do in our, in our vernacular, right, in the way we communicate, in the way we even write songs, right, is that we make these grand gestures, these grand statements about how we feel. And we make comments like, um, oh, I'd climb a mountain for you, you know. We make those kind of statements, you know, or we, we say things like, you know, um, you know, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to the ends of the earth for you. Where is that, by the way? I don't know where that is. But, you know, like, but listen, I love Drew. And I can climb like Stone Mountain. But the Himalayas, right? Like, I don't, I don't know, you know. The ends of the earth, I don't, I don't. Does that involve a boat? Is it a plane? Is it... Do I have to walk? I need some really good shoes. Like, what does this look like? Like, we make these statements, you know, to people that we love about how we will just go to the extreme for them. And when I hear that, when I hear that, when I hear the songs, or you know, you read the card, or you watch the movie, and you hear someone make these declarations of like immense love, I think to myself, well, that's a really nice sentiment. I know they don't really mean it, but I understand the gist. And I wonder sometimes, as Christians even, but even, especially people that don't know God, if whenever we talk about the love of God, we think to ourselves when we read something like Jeremiah 31 verse 3, well, that's a really nice sentiment, God. That's a really nice gesture that you love me with an everlasting love or that your love for me is unfailing. But see, it's true with God. It's true with God. It's, it's not always with people. Actually, usually not. But it's always true with God. See, God, even before we knew him, was pursuing us with his love. And that is hard to wrap our mind around. And we don't notice it in the moment. It's one of those things you look back and go, oh my goodness, God was so after me. He was like, he set things up. He, he arranged things, conversations, circumstances, events, moments, songs, people, worship services. And he was pursuing me. You with me? And there's this term actually for this kind of love that God has for us, that, that chases after us, that pursues us. And it's called provenient grace. And it means the grace that goes before. It's the grace that comes before us. And it's God working in our life. And listen, I don't know about you, but only God, I think, can love in a way that is everlasting and unfailing even before we've returned that. That's not usually how we love, is it? We usually expect a little give and take, right? 
But God pursues us. He's after us. He's, he's coming for us and not like in a, in a bad way. It's in a great loving way. And the first song that we're going to hear on our playlist, you're going to hear it in just a moment, it describes to me this provenient grace. As I was working on this message and I, and I was thinking of this song, it was, it was that kind of a love. It was a love of God pursuing after me. And I hope that you will hear this song, a familiar song, in a new way that God is pursuing you, that there is an everlasting love, that there is an unfailing love. Not only that, but I hope that you'll be able to share this with someone later and say, listen to this song and listen, share with them Jeremiah 31.3 and, and 1 John chapter 4 in a minute and say, say hey, listen to this song, hear this. See, God pursues us and what is beautiful about communion to me is it is the it's the tangible we can touch it see it smell it taste it of what God has done God's unfailing everlasting love is made evident in what we celebrate in communion because we're reminded of what God has done what has he done what is, how has he gone to the ends of the earth how has he climbed every mountain for us it's through Jesus Christ that he comes to us through Jesus Christ. When, when we were, were separated from God and, and realize it, this stark separation, we realize I need Jesus. And that's what we celebrate in communion. We celebrate the, the, what God has gone, the, the, the links that which he has gone to. I mean, think about it, this visual reminder. Jesus was humiliated beyond what any of us can fathom, that's for sure what any of us would, would dare to go through on our own. He, he was humiliated, he was beaten, he was, he was tortured. He, he goes through this. He's made to carry a cross down a street, another form of humiliation. I mean, can you picture in your mind just Jesus stumbling, crawling down the street, carrying this cross to his place of death? I mean... This, this sacrifice, this death had to happen in order for us to have a relationship with God. We had sin. The penalty of sin was a blood sacrifice and there was nothing and no one pure enough to make that sacrifice except Jesus. So God's everlasting, unfailing love to us is shown through Jesus. We celebrate that in communion. And, and some people might go, why? Why, of all the ways that God could have done this, that he could have reconciled us to him, why? I think it was to show us his everlasting, unfailing love. To show the sacrifice, to show his commitment to us. I'm going to ask Casey and, and Daniel if they'll come up. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 through 10, hear these words of what God's love looks like. See, because I think sometimes we're tempted to think we've invented this whole thing. We've invented the idea of love. We've invented the way in which we express our love and the, the, you know, the depth of our love. But listen to what verses 9 and 10 of 1 John 4 say. It says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. That's the only way, the only way. And then he goes on to say this, and I love this because again, we might come up with our own definition or, or depth of this, but he says, this is real love. 
Like, whatever you've been thinking love is, the writer says, this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That's what we celebrate in communion. And so as we share communion together this morning, as we come in just a few moments, as you hear these, the lyrics and you hear this beautiful song, would you hear God speaking to you? Would you hear his immense, sacrificial, everlasting, unfailing love for you? Make 
you happy, make your dreams come true. And nothing that I wouldn't do. Go to the ends of the earth for you to make you feel my Let's um, pray together. Father, we thank you for your everlasting, unfailing love for us. God, would you forgive us for forgetting it? Would you forgive us for doubting it? Lord, would you forgive us for letting the circumstances of life and all the things going on around us when we feel like the world is against us, would you forgive us for, for thinking that this was too much for you? God, your, your love doesn't always make sense to us, but I thank you so much that through what Jesus Christ has done for us, through his death and through his resurrection, we have life. And so when you say things in your word like an everlasting love and an unfailing love and that you loved us first, what I know is that because of Jesus, we now get to enter into that everlasting love that unfailing love that lasts for eternity. As we come to the table together this morning, Father, I pray that, that, our, that our getting up and moving to receive in many ways is in our spirit. We are, we are saying, God, I'm, I'm coming back to you. God, I'm, I'm walking towards you. Forgive me for walking in the other direction or running in the other direction. That our coming to receive is, is our admittance that that on our own, we, we've, we're failing. And God, may we never, ever hear this song again without, without hearing that you love us. Thank you for what Jesus Christ has done for us, that his body was broken. And yes, that he poured out his blood for the forgiveness of our sins so that we might have life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.